I don't want church usual. And I believe that God doesn't want church usual. See, if he, if God expected church to be usual, there would be no sense for supernatural. Because see, everything that we can do is natural. When God gets in, involved, it becomes supernatural. And supernatural is not the norm for his people, even though it should be. Well... You've got your Bibles. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stand before you long this morning. Can't nobody top what God does, and I'm not. I'm not in the business to try. If I was, I'd be going out of business real quick. But if you've got your Bibles, I want to. I mean, let's go to uh, let's go to Hebrews first. We'll go to Hebrews chapter twelve. I want to start at verse eighteen. I want to read a pretty healthy portion of scripture here. And I think it would be the intention this morning that we as Christians understand the way in which we approach when we go to prayer. Because it's it can be easy to just enter straight into prayer and and just be praying because it's it has been a habit. It's been a form of our religion, if you will, and of what we've been taught in the past. So it can be tradition, it can be religion, it can be habit. And I, I fear that we as Christian people are losing the intimacy of knowing who God is in our prayers and touching his presence in our prayers because of how we enter into his presence. And I think that we can get caught up in the mere fact of just blessing our food and just hitting it real quick and moving on. And, and I do it because I get hungry. As you can tell, I don't allow food to pass by or stay cold very long. But I'm, I'm scared that we enter into prayer and we're, we, we pray to God. It's not that we don't recognize God as God. I just think that we fail to realize that God is really God. We're talking about God, the creator, God, the I am, God, the one that was here before and the one that will be here after, God, the healer, God, the banner, God, the way maker, God, the door, we're, we're talking about God. This is the one in which we go into our quiet place or we go into public places. And this is the one that we begin beckoning to. And I fear we've lost the realism we have the idealism of who God is, but I believe that we have lost the realism of who God truly 
is. He is the one that has just caused your last heartbeat to happen. He is the one that has sustained the stars in the galaxy since before our time. He is the one that has created both heaven and earth. He is the one that gives you breath in the middle of the night without you knowing it. He sustains your life. He slows down your pulse. He gives you oxygen. He maintains your life. This, this is the God that we approach in prayer. And I would think if we would all be honest with ourselves, we don't enter into prayer thinking that's the God that we're speaking to. I fear that most of us reach into the satchel of God looking for our gifts. That's the God that we approach. The one that can make ways when there are no ways. The one that does bring us blessings and gives us promotion and allows our 90% to far exceed our 100% when we give up our 10%. Well, I'm, I'm talking about this God that has everything in the palm of his hand, including you. This is God. Yahweh. Do you remember how they were, the priests, when they were, when they were writing, the scribes, when they would write? Every time that they would write a letter, they would go and bathe because they felt unworthy even to write his name. This is the God. Wrapped up in all that he is. By I am. Everything that he could possibly be. Wrapped up in. I am. No need for you. To make him who he is. <laughs> oh. See. You can't make him greater than he already is. It is what takes us to become greater by getting in with who he is. It's, you're not doing him a favor. You're doing yourself a favor. See, he says that beside him. <laughs> see, he don't, he don't need you. He wants you. He loves you. This is the God in whom we pray. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest. 
and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the words should not be spoken to them. This, (laughs) this is the God. The writer of Hebrews is talking about the old times, the old days. (laughs) When they dare not. Moses, don't let them touch the mountain lest they die. And how quick are we to enter his presence and touch. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much uh, as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. This is God. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who stood in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. This is God. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now has promised saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we have, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming. For our God this one which was so delicately, purposefully 
described in what we just read. This God, your God, our God is a consuming fire. This is the God to whom we pray. Go to Luke chapter 18. Starting at verse 9, this is Jesus talking and speaking. He said, also he spoke this, this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And here, here's Jesus right here. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like the other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to the heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Father, bless your word this morning. Hide me that your people hear you and see you in your word. May it penetrate the hearts of both believer and unbeliever. May it convict both the heart of the just and the unjust. May it reveal to both the righteous and the unrighteous in which order you and your throne and your presence should be approached. Reveal unto us this morning who you are. Show us who we should be. Teach us to become what you've called us to be. Father, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We have a Pharisee. 
and we have a tax collector. They're both finding within themselves a need of prayer because this wasn't the day of prayer at the synagogue, but it was a day that they both found themselves in a need of praying to God and with God, so they both go, and here they stand. One, standing like most Christians, up in the midst of it all, and as close to the altar, and up because the church, the synagogue was up on a hill, that's why they went up to pray, and because you do know that the mountain, that's, well, up to pray. And here, here is the Pharisee, preaching or or praying to God and telling God of all that he's done as if to earn merits or the availability for him to be in God's presence. See, I'm not like, I didn't do what that person done. I don't say what that person says. I didn't do what that person did. I won't be who that person is. But God, I am who I am in you, and I've done all of this. But God, it's, it's, not that, it's not that that's it. It's not that that is it of everything I've done. God, if you have a moment, can I tell you that I fast twice a week? God, I know that right now that probably doesn't seem like it's very impressive, but can I, can I go on to tell you? That God, I tithe my 10% on all that I get. Surely, God, not everybody does that. So God, in that, might I be justified? The sad part about this, Isaiah points out some clear things in the Old Testament that the Pharisees were well aware of when he was talking and saying that you should go with to a secret room and don't be like those that go and stand in my synagogues and and they pray and so to be seen but not to be heard by me but rather be seen by others so that the other people can commend them that the other people may reward them and believe me they have their reward and he's not talking about these people that deserve to be in his presence but these are the people these are the very people that are even in church today that is by their own merit that they approach the mountain of God and then you have this tax collector you know the one that sits beside you 
that you look down your glasses at because they have holes in their jeans or they have stinky feet <laughs> or you just seen them the other day coming out the AB store and thank God that that's not you because you are a Pharisee and you should never be caught that tax collector And him knowing also as the Pharisee knew of approaching the mountain, he stood afar off knowing that within him he was not worthy of touching the mountain. And in all of his humility, he says, God, be merciful. Not, not with arrogance and standing before God and lifting our head and looking God in the eye and saying all that we've done. But he wouldn't even lift his head. His eyes would not go towards heaven. Because of a spirit inside of him that forced a spirit of humility. See, we have both types in the church today. You have the Pharisee and you have the tax collector. And church, we must come to realize and understand and accept who we are and who we are not before God. Without Christ, you are exactly Tax collector, without doubt. There's no hope without Christ. Your dirty, filthy, rotten self, you're nasty. And you're going to offer that up to God? Have we forgotten who we say we serve? Did the writer of Hebrews not express it clear enough of who this God is that we serve? This, this is letters that shouldn't mean anything in the English language. It's not even a vowel.
but brings forth power, authority, and understanding. <laughs> it's so simple, anybody can spell it. There's only four letters. He could have done something so grand that no one could comprehend the spelling. But he chose to do it in such a manner that not but everyone could look to him and know who he was. See this, this tax collector and this Pharisee, they both go together to the same house of prayer. <laughs> One for the applause. <laughs> and the other for a request. One going to make an appearance. <laughs> and the other care less willing to stand afar off Isaiah said that they these people would go and, and they would pray and everybody would see them see the self-righteous will do anything to the outward appearance to maintain or to gain credit of who they are. <laughs> if I had a chair, I'd show you how to do it. You just, just kind of tuck your feet. It's in our self-righteousness that we lose our favor with God. Because you aren't good enough to have His presence, much less Him. He chose Actual scripture says that you didn't choose me, I chose you. Boy, that just burns our little self-righteous stuff up, man. Our self-centered thing that we think we've got it all, that just slaps us right in the face. Because you ain't choose God. He said, I chose you. <laughs> and this is the one I get to pray with. He chose me. What greater love, I'm going to jump outside of Scripture give you practicality. What greater love is there than to have someone that adopts a child? Because the love, man, the love supersedes so much. They chose, that child didn't choose them. They chose 
them. That's why I think the wording in the scripture says that we are adopted into the blessed. He, cho he chose us. This is the God that you pray to. This is the God that you encroach upon. The one that chose you. I think Jesus would put the word hypocrites right here. That's kind of what I think that he would. Hypocrite. The Pharisee comes for compliments. Tax collector comes for business. The Pharisees hung in formality. Isaiah 1.15, I think it, it began to speak. I know it was in chapter 1, but it began to speak about how they would stand in synagogues. And, and if you would stand here, let me just turn to it. Isaiah something. Isaiah chapter 1, I do believe. I don't want to misquote. I'm getting ready to shut down. Hang on. Just for another 40 minutes. That's not the scripture. I'll read this one to you anyway. This is not the one, but it's, it's pretty good. He says, when you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make my prayers, I'll not hear you. Your hands are full of blood. How do you approach God? God knows the heart of man. There, it's, it's, not, it's not so much that Isaiah goes against that he's diving on the heart, but he, he's, also, he's also challenging the character of the people because it, it, he even talks about what you do in the dark that comes that's character see we've gotten it confused we think character is what you see 
And character is the unseen. Character is will you still no one's looking. Character is will you cuss when nobody's around. Character is will you get on the computer when no one can see. Church, hear the word of the Lord. Be holy, for I am holy. We must choose who we serve. And I've got news for you. This is like breaking news. This is like a a CNN special. Do they have those? NBC interruption or something. I don't know what they do on the news. I don't watch it. Most of it's garbage anyway. Listen. Hear me. If you're living every day for the 6 o'clock, the 9 o'clock, the 12 o'clock, the 6 o'clock, and 11 o'clock news, my friend, you need to seek God. Because what you're seeking will do nothing but cause turmoil, twisted thinking. Come on. Get on your face before God if you want a newsflash. He'll give you a newsflash. In a quick hurry, he'll give you a newsflash. And it's something you can hang your hat on. It ain't going to change tomorrow. <laughs> Heaven and earth will both pass away. But my word, <laughs> he'll, he'll give you a newsflash. And it'll be the same tomorrow as it was last week. It doesn't change because of how the economy looks. It's not changing because of personality inputs. Off a soapbox. We must be careful. In whom we approach when his name crosses our lips. It's not a God that you've conjured up in the midst of your desperations. It's not a God that you have sought for in the midst of your pains and your sufferings. This is the God that is the same yesterday today and forever but see the god of the old testament what did you tell me lop your head off and the god of the new testament come and pick you up and love on you i got news for you my friend he'll swallow you up today just like he swallowed them up then don't you put some 
mm, this gospel up in your head to where you think that God is a God of grace in the new and a God of judgment in the old. My friend Revelation said that he will come again. And when he comes again, he's going to come riding. And he's coming this time as a king. I'd be more scared about him coming back than I was when he was before. I, look, he's coming as a king now, not as a servant. A servant couldn't harm you. A king will speak the word on you. And we don't think about none of that. He's the king. The king of glory. The, he'd get a tattoo, baby. King of kings. And Lord and Lord. You don't like this. That was for you religious folk that don't like tattoos. Because I'm sure he didn't write that in washable ink before he comes off the throne. I'm sure. Never mind. How dare you stand in the presence of the Almighty? with an expectancy that you deserve to be there. We've lost our reverence. The fear is no longer there. God don't want you scared. It's not what he's looking for. He wants you to be reverent. To understand that this God that you're approaching at the mountain is a God that brings fire because he said he's an all-consuming. He's going to burn your pride right out of you. That will be one flame that will touch you. can't really dig into this the way I wanted to because I promised I wasn't going to make y'all eat cold chicken today. So I might come and jump on it again Sunday and maybe try to finish some of this thing up. But this is what I want you to understand. Stop playing. You can't do today like today and do tomorrow like you want. People say, well, Pastor, he knows my heart. That scares me to death. Because he does know your heart. See, you can fool me. You can dress up looking good, looking fly like I do, looking fly. Well, see, you can't do that all the time. There's going to be a day I'm going to catch you in the grocery store. Tell them, won't he? 
won't he? He'll catch you right up in the grocery store, no makeup on, your hair looking a fool, you dress like you just, I don't know, and, and you roll up just going for a minute. <laughs> oh, man. And you got to meet somebody from the church. Boy, that's awesome. Love that story. It's the greatest story of my life. <laughs> See, I'm speaking from experience because <laughs> I'm talking about my wife. <laughs> We're just going to run up to the store real quick. We're just getting something real quick. Uh-oh. <laughs> Can you see the facial expressions? Whoa. <laughs> She's having a rough day. <laughs> And then, you know, the church folk that we hang out with, they went to the wine station, so got a bottle of wine, so here, you might want to drink this on the way home. I'm, jo I'm joking. <laughs> but Lord have mercy, can't we all have a bad day? But understand something. On your best day, it's still your worst day before him. It took the love of a God to let his son die for you. And without him, you have no right to the mountain. I want us to get this, man. We're, we're, we're talking about a God that can show up just because he wants to. <laughs> we're talking about a God that will change the heart of the one that you hate and cause him to love him and exalt him while you're still sitting over there with your pompous attitude trying to figure out why he's exalted and I ain't. I didn't serve for 40 years. He ain't had it but a week and you not already put him and you done done it and done that. <laughs> and you're popping your neck and we're talking about that God because if he wants to, he can. No, he can. And if he wants to, he will. I'll correct that. Because he can do anything. What's that song? Y'all want me to sing to you? My God can do. You want me to sing that? <laughs> if I do that, they're going to give me a record, and then I'll be gone. I'll be on the road all the time. Y'all don't want that. Stop. <laughs> I'm so glad I can have fun with y'all. Right up in the midst of a word that should shake the very shoes that we have our feet in. Because my God, don't he know this thing is for real? He can change your life. <laughs> Both for the good and for the bad. You can't. Listen, I'm, I'm going to shut up. 
you can't do what you want to do and expect God to do what you ask Him to do. Did you hear me? That's why the Bible says that His ways aren't our ways. See, He can't do what we do. He's holy. Can I have five minutes? Thank you. I'll, they just have to stay. I'll talk to you. <laughs> do you know how good God is? You, do, you under, do you understand how good God is? God is so good, there's no bad in him. God is so good that he is righteous in and of himself. He is holy all by him. Don't need you. He's holy. You understand where I'm going? He is good. Old folk, old folk, old folk church used to do what? God's good all the time and all the time God's good. So I had to go over to the old folk and do that because the young people don't understand that. Here's, this is the scary part about God. This right here is the scary part about God. Because if God is so good, and God is so righteous, and God is so holy, what does God do with a person like you? See, if nothing else, I'm going to get you to think like I think over in that hole in the wall I got. I'm going to get you to think like I think. God, what, whoa, if you if you so good and you so, what do you do with somebody so wretched like me? How do I even play a part in this whole deal here? How does this happen? Your flesh takes no part in his glory, so you can't get all up in that. And you are unholy people. 